0: And thank you for joining us here on the Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my trusty sidekick, my partner in crime. Really, the best way to describe this person is my everything is at Eric DeLala.
1: So we're separated once again. A distance is between us.
0: You know, I went to the higher ups last week and I was like, <laughs> Eric gets to go to the Super Bowl next week. Uh, I really need to be there with him. We got to do a podcast there. And they just said no again.
1: They're like, who are you?
0: (laughs) I was like, I'm Phil host co-host of the Neutral Zone. And they're like, no. Only Eric gets to go to the Super Bowl, except this time we'll uh, send Sydney along with him.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's not a party without you here, Phil.
0: So are you having a good time out there? Or what's it like? It looks like you're... um, and radio row there
1: i mean as you can tell there's a lot going on behind me it's a who's who of you know, if you cover the nfl phil you're here
0: that's true and i'm just here in a lonely in our lonely podcast studio that's right yeah no
1: it's uh nice to see some players and catch up with some national media folks phil and i think vaughn Miller's playing in the super bowl this weekend
0: oh is that why you're there
1: the Marcus Ware Hall of Fame.
0: Got it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Of course, yeah. as we're recording this, we don't know what's going to happen with the Marcus Ware. Right.
1: Just try to look into the future. What, what is your crystal
0: happen. ball? What does it tell you?
1: I think uh, it said try again in five hours.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, you almost, I almost got you there. And almost. Then, then you came through. What's that? What's the buzz about the Broncos out there in LA? What's the buzz? Are you buzzing around?
1: Yeah, I think the consensus, Phil, is that this is a team that could make some waves this offseason. And we're not just at the quarterback position, but got a lot of cap space, a lot of draft picks. I think everyone's just kinda eagerly waiting to see what is George Peyton gonna do. We talked to Justin Simmons. He's he's just like everybody. He's like a fan, Phil. He wants to know what's gonna happen.
0: Yeah, we'll uh we'll hear your interview with Justin Simmons. You were able to catch up with him out there. Uh let me
1: to do another interview?
0: I know. I. That's what I'm saying. I. That's what I told. I said my agent was getting upset. They're <laughs> like, Eric's getting too much, Bob, with these interviews. Your George Payton interview. That that sort of uh, that made some waves, Eric. Took the world by storm. Yeah, I mean, everybody was talking about it. Yeah, many many people. Broncos Country Connected, I think, had some of it on, right? Or were you on? Were you
1: on there? Or what? I was on there uh Wednesday evening. So was yeah. a nice little crossover event, you know? Wow. That is nice. Like, if you're on if you're on YouTube right now, you hit the back button, you'll probably go to the Broncos video page and
0: you think oh uh, you, you think know. you made maybe I'm movie. like over here. You think you made the video part of it? No, I, I don't think so. No. There's no chance. <laughs> There's no chance. Eric, of course, uh while you're out there at the Super Bowl, everybody's excited about the big matchup here. With the Bengals and the Rams, uh, you know, two teams that uh, I don't know. What do you think they they have uh, the quarterback position solidified? The Rams obviously made the trade for Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow, uh, up and coming young quarterback. It, it makes you think. Okay, does the for the Broncos to get back in that position uh, to where they're playing for the Super Bowl? It, does it just come down to the quarterback position?
1: Yeah, I mean, as you'll hear from Justin in a little bit, this team was close to beating the Bengals, Phil. They shut down that offense that's posed a lot of problems for teams, and you kind of wonder just how close are they? Interesting to consider, you know, because you wouldn't have thought a year ago that the Cincinnati
0: Bengals would be here. Exactly. Maybe you would, because you know know
1: a lot, so maybe you knew that. But Well, when the trade for Stafford
0: Stafford happened, I was like, okay, the Rams are definitely going to. and then but uh, from the AFC I just didn't know. So I didn't know. But uh I I let's uh we'll get into that maybe after we hear from Justin Simmons. Let's talk about how close uh is this Broncos team to maybe where next year maybe we're not uh separated maybe we're both at the Super Bowl covering the Broncos. You think they'd send you for that? I don't know. I don't know.
1: <laughs> where I think it's in is it in Arizona next year is
0: that – is that right? I could not tell you. I don't. Know. I only like to look one Super Bowl at a time. You know, that's what right. I.
1: Right. You be where your feet are at the Super Bowl.
0: Exactly. Did Justin Simmons
1: tell you that? He's he's been known to say that a time or two.
0: That's what I. Yeah. Everybody who watches the neutral zone. Somebody just wanted to be on the podcast with me. Wow. Shame. by Aimless. Uh, yeah. Photo bomb right there. Eric, we don't. Uh, well, we so don't we'll endorse talk about-
1: anything that. Huh? We don't endorse anything that happens to come behind you. That's just
0: no. They're not sponsors of the show, um, but they could be if they wanted to be, maybe. Depending on what they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll talk about uh, with this Broncos team what what uh, what exactly is going on this off season where they could be in a position where maybe they're competing for a chance to be. At the Super Bowl next year is that crazy? It kind of feels crazy to talk about, but maybe it's uh, it's relevant.
1: I mean, it seems a little bit crazy, but I, I think you know, depending on what you do at the quarterback position, we'll, we'll get into it more. But I, I don't think it's out of the question.
0: It feels crazy to say, but maybe it's not as crazy as we think. Yeah, we got a we got a couple of voicemails and uh, and emails to get back to uh, Eric. We've. Uh, we haven't done that the last couple of weeks, but we have some uh, that we felt were worthy. Or at least Ben Swanson did. Oh,
1: if ben Swanson thinks they're worthy. Then,
0: you know, he, they he's back here with me. We're the only people here. We had to turn on <laughs> the lights at the facility and everything, you know. And just, yeah, you shoveled the, the front walk. Eric, I would be uh, remiss, though, if uh, before moving on uh, to your interview, if I did not mention that this is our 200th episode of Whoa, The Neutral. Is it? Wow. It seems so, just like just
1: yesterday that we were sitting in the old podcast studio, just starting off, and we're... That was the first time we'd ever met, actually. It was the first episode.
0: Yeah. Of course, they they just took a chance on us. They were like, maybe these two guys will work. We don't know. Right. And, uh, who knew back then that it would blossom into such a beautiful thing?
1: Like many of the great sitcoms, Phil, it just kind of took off, and
0: the pilot you, know, episode-
1: you don't know what you... Exactly. Wow, 200. That's 200 episode a lot. 200, that's, you're like 195 age-wise. You'll get to 200 in a few years. You just look really good for your age.
0: Thank you very much. I dye my hair, so I, yeah, it makes it look good. But oh, uh, I was going to say, maybe cool we'll out. have to, uh, we'll have to celebrate maybe when you get back, just 200 episodes, you know, we'll have to figure it right. out. Right. I'm sorry to miss our anniversary. I know. I didn't even want to say it, but at least not on your birthday. I, I, I mean, I don't even think you realized there was our two hundred. That so you. Forgot. <laughs> I'm <laughs> you sorry, forgot, you forgot, Eric. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna stop. I was gonna stop at the store on the way home and get you something nice. Yeah, yeah. Would that be so much <laughs> <laughs> after everything you've done for me? I know. You are my everything, but I guess I'm not yours.
1: <laughs> Maybe I'll remember 300.
0: Maybe 300, yeah. If we make it that far, you know. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. No guarantee. Exactly. So, but yes, thank you to NZ Nation for sticking uh, through with us here. 200 episodes would not be possible without NZ Nation. No,
1: we owe it all to them.
0: They would have canceled us a long time ago, but it just does such big numbers. You know, exactly. They had no choice, really. They they had to stick with us, and uh, we we thank our listeners. So we uh, we'll uh, we'll repay the favor when we get to uh, the voicemails and the email later on. So, Eric, do you want to tee up your interview?
1: Oh, I'd be honored. Yeah. So we're out here at the Super Bowl. A lot of big names, big stars. Justin Simmons here as we're recording a nominee for the Walter Payton End of the Year, but. So we talked some football too, and uh, interesting to hear his thoughts not just on Nathaniel Hackett, but the defensive staff, what comes next, and how good is this Broncos team? All right, Justin, we're here at the Super Bowl to start off. Nathaniel Hackett's energy—it's been talked about a lot. How much do you think that helps in the season? You know, maybe you lose a game, you lose a couple games in a row. How much do you think that helps kind of get the guys going? and not fall into those lulls
2: yeah i think it helps a lot um you know obviously there's going to be guys on the team you know like myself that are gonna um you know be able to have to you know have the energy you know just be able to kind of stay the course, you right. It's, it's the NFL season. You're going to lose some games. You're going to win some games. And, um, but I think from a, from a leadership standpoint, you know, uh, you know, w- with coach Hackett, like he's going to be able to do that kind of like above and beyond. And, um, I think guys are going to be able to feed off of that. Um, guys are going to be able to kind of appreciate that, but it's all going to come with just getting to know him, you know, obviously over OTAs and throughout training camp. And then, you know, you get into the season, you know what this team's about, you know, what the coaches are about, and you're able to hit the ground in, in full force and just, you know, kind of buy in and believe in that.
1: He, he's obviously an offensive mind, which the Broncos haven't had in a while. But for you, defensively, the Everos kind of rumored, reported as the guy that's going to come in as a defensive coordinator. Have you talked to anybody about him? And what would it be like to stay in the same system for you?
2: Yeah, um, yeah. obviously I've heard the rumors. Um, yeah, obviously no idea, you know, kind of like what's going on there. But um, as soon as I heard the rumors, you know, I kind of reached out to some um, teammates that, you know, um, former teammates and, and guys that I know that have kind of played, you know, with him or just been around him or um, in the system or, you know, whatever, whatever the case, however you're related. And, um, you know, that heard nothing but good things. And um, I think, obviously, being in the same system would would help. Um, Obviously, not only, you know, like myself, but everyone, you know, everyone's going to have different terms and and things that they put on it. But as long as you have the overall scheme of things being the same, I think that helps. But regardless if it's the same scheme, a new scheme, whatever the case may be, um, you know, I'm going to be excited. And uh, it's going to be fun. And I'm just excited to win games. You know, whatever's going to put us in best position to win games, that's what I'm looking forward to.
1: How crucial is it as this offense gets going to not let the defense take a step
2: back? Yeah, it's going to be extremely. It's going to be extremely crucial. Um, you know, it, you know, if anything, offense gets going, you know, we're just going to have to be uh, better. Um, you know, and so you know, once you know we're able to score more points, you know, whatever that looks like, um, you know, we're going to have to be able to go out there and and stop teams giving their best shots. You know, we're going to get the best plays. We're going to get the best drives, and we're going to have to be able to go out there and get those stops. Um, you know, like I said, there's. At least three games last year, four-minute situations where defense couldn't get off the field. Um, talking about our defense, and so those are the types of things, you know, from a defensive standpoint. You want to get into the big game, and you want to get into the postseason. You got to be able to make those stops and win those games, and that's, uh, you know, that's going to be like my my on my big goal sheet, you know, moving forward for the for the upcoming year.
1: The secondary is obviously really good last year, but there's some free agents in that group. What do you hope happens? kind of on the back end to make sure you guys can can be as good as you were last year?
2: Yeah, um, you know, it's it's going to take a lot of uh, camaraderie and uh, and just like, you know, every year, you know, you just get a new group of guys and you always just got to find ways to just buy in and click and just find meaning behind just the meetings and the practice time that you get, right? Because once, you, once you're able to do that, you're able to invest and buy in a little bit more to each other and then that transitions to the field. And um, so, you know, obviously selfishly, I wish we could bring every single one back. I wish we could have the same room. Um, I absolutely love those guys and getting to, getting to work with them and just being around them. But, um, you know, for the for the room that we're gonna have, um, you know, in the upcoming year, just gotta be able, you know, obviously, and that's my job, to be able to just buy in and, uh, and just, you know, be one unit, you know, like one heartbeat. And that's gonna be the most important thing. So I'm looking forward to that.
1: A lot of draft picks. A lot of cap space. I know fans are really excited to see what is George Payton going to do with this thing. Mm-hmm. Are you kind of the same way as it? Like, are you almost like a fan where I want to see what they do too?
2: Yeah. I mean, I've, yeah, like, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see, like, what's happening. You know, I was excited this time last year and um, I mean, that worked out. We got Pat and uh, Pat's just been you know, selfishly, he's just been awesome, you know, and uh, getting to work with him in the in the back end. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. And, uh, you know, the best part is everyone asks me, like, yeah, what are you guys going to do? What are you going to do? You know, like uh, and I'm just like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm excited to see just as much as you guys. But um, I know that I do know that, you know, with George running the show, um, you know, we're going to be set up for the best possible chance. Um, you know, to really make a run at this thing. And um, that's really what I'm excited to see is how all that pans out. Last one
1: for you, just We're here at the Super Bowl. Obviously, the Bengals are playing this weekend. You guys pretty much shut them down when you played in Denver. It was a really good defensive effort. Does that give you kind of optimism for how things can be moving forward, or is it give you kind of like, oh, we were so close?
2: Yeah, um, it's, it's – yeah, both, honestly. Um, you know, definitely – Optimism because um, I mean we knew how how good of a team you know we were It was just uh, like I said, you know you have those games where you know it's a it 's a one score game and you just couldn 't find a way to close it out and you know those five, six, seven plays um, throughout a game that really make a difference. Uh, those are the those are the plays we're going to have to find a way to just win those um, when it comes down to it. And then situational football. You know, defense being in a four minute, um, got to find a way to win. You know, whatever it takes, you got to win it. Um, and uh, you, you know your best players got to make the best plays in those moments. And those are kind of the things that I'm thinking about. So yeah, obviously, you know, um, you look back and you think about when you played you know, um, Cincinnati and we played him at home and you know, how close we were, but um, that's definitely something to build off of and can't take steps backwards. So that's what, it's a big goal.
1: Perfect, Justin, thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, I appreciate it.
1: Thanks to Justin Simmons for his time. Phil, we, we love catching up with Justin. He always makes time for for us, but we're always appreciative. You know, it doesn't, we never take him for granted.
0: Yeah, Justin's our guy, you know, you could just tell there, even on camera, you guys got a rapport. You know, I mean,
1: yeah. you could just E&L tell
0: 4. Yeah, yeah, you could just tell.
1: And Phil, I didn't feel quite right. I don't know if I've ever done a stand-up, like an interview, like that on camera. I yeah, didn't know what to do with my hands.
0: Yeah, you had the I cell phone there. That was probably not. That was an ideal. Let's just say that <laughs> yeah. that was an ideal. The distance that you guys were standing apart from each other uh, felt uncomfortable. Let's just say it felt uncomfortable. Um, uh-huh. There's some awkwardness there, but uh, you know, yeah. you'll get better at that. Especially, yeah. you know, if you keep going to all these things and I'm just staying back here, I mean. Right. I don't
1: know. Yeah, they he, Justin asked me if I was going to host the post game show next year. <laughs> and I was like, well, they want me to, but I haven't decided if I'm going
0: to do that yet, but. makes sense. You're talking about the Broncos post-game show featuring Todd Davis.
1: That's the one, yeah, yeah.
0: It no, is a but,
1: nice, uh, nice one. but it was nice to catch up with Justin. He, yes. he did he did the rounds here, Phil. We talked to a lot of people, and he made some time for us. Uh, our friend Sydney Jones talked to him on camera. We talked to him for the neutral zone, I guess, wow. also on camera. Oh, so it was on it was camera. nice of Justin. Nice of Justin to find times
0: Yeah, and. uh uh, you know, people who aren't familiar with how the Super Bowl works, players get endorsed by different companies to go make the media rounds down there at Radio Row, and then they go go around and talk to a lot of different people. And then they usually they plug something. But, you know, with the neutral zone, we don't do that.
1: <laughs> right. Justin was here with uh, Nationwide.
0: I could tell by based off what he was wearing. Could you? Yeah, I could yeah. tell. Yeah,
1: I could tell. Yeah. And the, yeah. the master sent me here, so.
0: Is that because you played so well while you were there, or how, how did that work? Exactly, yeah. Just kind yeah. of a, a a budding
1: star, really.
0: Yeah, that's what I heard. You're kind of like Tiger Woods' kid, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's a nice quarter zip, though,
1: you got going. I got a, I got a, just a
0: regular one here.
1: Thanks. I was walking through uh, Radio Row here for a lot going on. And someone yelled out to me, Elite QZ. <laughs> Elite? I was like, wow. Elite QZ. What is it? Zip, you know? What is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. I was like, wow, that must be some LA
0: slang that, that wow. I don't know. Do you think they listen in the neutral zone? Because they know how obsessed we are.
1: Yeah, I've just been, I've been like uh, neutral zone stickers. I've been,
0: passing. I've
1: just been passing them out out here, yeah. You know?
0: Good, good. That's a... Uh, that's guerrilla marketing right there, just on the ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's
1: how you brought your,
0: your fan base. Right? <laughs> uh, let's get into a couple of things that Justin Simmons said because this uh, is the first time we've heard from him since Nathaniel Hackett uh, was named the next Broncos head coach. Here, uh, what what were your what was your uh, general takeaway on, on what he was thinking there? Because since Justin's been here. Uh, I guess, other than his rookie year, it's been all defensive-minded head coaches.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's two things that are interesting here, like, that are kind of different. One is Nathaniel Hackett's energy that he talked about and how... I, I was specifically interested, Phil, in, you know, when things are not going well, how can this help? Because one of the Broncos' problems the last few years, not just under Vic Fangio, but Vince Vance Joseph was here, too, is the losing streaks would just add up, and you got to be able to avoid those in this league, and you know, you kind of wonder, does that energy, can it prevent something like that from happening? Justin made it seem like having that that type of leadership style from the head coach uh, could really pay dividends in that respect. So that was interesting to me. And then, yeah, from I mean, from a pure football standpoint, Phil, obviously we've all seen the, the rumors, the reports about the Giro Evero coming over from the Rams. For the Broncos to be able to stay in a similar defensive system, I think is beneficial because obviously we saw how well they played last year, and you don't have to kind of relearn everything. Um, and it fits Justin Simmons really well. So him, in particular, he should be ecstatic about being able to stay in that system.
0: Yeah, I would think so. I mean, uh, I it's interesting from a defensive uh, perspective. I think that if you're a defensive player on this team, you really valued Pangio's play calling abilities and uh, his, his ability to create a game plan to really. Uh, Confuse opposing quarterbacks to really put you in the best position to succeed as a defense. So now that uh, you're switching gears here and going with an offensive-minded head coach, as a defender, now you're thinking, okay, maybe this team's going to be a little bit more aggressive. Maybe uh, they're going to be more uh, trying to score more points, so that changes the way you play defense a little bit here. And I thought it was interesting where Justin like really just focuses on the defensive side of the ball and said, you know, there were several times at the end of the game where they couldn't get off the field, couldn't get the ball back to the offense. You know, I think so many people just think, Oh, Broncos, the defense was good. The offense was bad. And then that's it. But Justin really is uh, hard on himself. Feels like uh, this defense needs to be even better now.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong there because for as good as the Broncos were, scoring-wise, defensively, they did allow a lot of long drives, and there were games where they needed a stop, and they couldn't get off the field. Um, And, you know, we'll see, uh, I think it's going to be hard to replicate Vic Fangio's success as a play caller, but maybe this new, you know, regime comes in, and maybe they find a way to help these guys generate more turnovers, or maybe they call plays a little bit differently, where, you know, you can force some more three-and-outs instead of holding teams to three points, and you do that a couple more times a game so that changes the entire tone of a football yeah. game so be interesting to see how that plays out there
0: yeah most definitely i mean just a, i think what justin said there's like five or six seven plays per game that he feels like if the Broncos can win those then that that would have changed the uh, the outcome of a lot of these games here and i so i suppose that's probably true for every team in the nfl where you look back and games are decided with, you know, five, six, seven big plays. So uh, the right. key, the windows, but uh, Eric, if you ask me though, like I think the Broncos last year, maybe their formula for success was time of possession on offense, playing Ben uh, bend, but don't break on defense and trying to win some of these games in, in a low scoring fashion. Seems like now if with uh, Hackett uh, in charge here, maybe they're going to be uh, trying to score more points here, and then how do you think that's going to impact the defensive side of the ball?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, if you play with a lead, it's easier than playing from behind or playing tied or even even feel the difference between being up seven to ten points in a game versus just kind of holding on to a field goal lead for most of the game. That, that just changes how an offense can operate. Um, we know that based on what Nathaniel Hackett has said, he wants a defense that's going to change up and disguise its coverages and then have a front seven that's kind of moving around to confuse teams. If you put all those things together, you're able to build a lead offensively. To me, that suggests, hey, we're going to have a, a defense that generates turnovers, that can capitalize on the mistakes of the other team, and that leads to winning a lot of football games.
0: Yeah, uh, and I just think that like maybe they won't be as good – in some of these statistical categories just because games are going to have such a different feel, you know? Uh, And uh, so like uh, when opposing teams are trying to be in this offensive shootout, maybe if that's the style that they're, they're playing in some of these games, the statistics aren't going to look as good, but maybe this defense uh, has a chance to be just as good. And maybe, maybe they're making some more of these big plays where, Hey, they know quarterback has to throw the ball. So there's an opportunity for a, you know, uh, a sack fumble or something like that. Or maybe for Justin, it means there's more opportunities to intercept the football. You know, uh, I just think that uh, maybe statistically they won't be as good next season, but at the end of the day, if they're winning these games, then who cares?
1: Right. And a lot of that's going to have to do with what does a secondary look like? Justin talked about how he wishes that everybody could come back. Obviously, it's unlikely that everyone will be back, of course. And then it has to do with the pass rush. And George Payton said he wants to add a pass rusher. That's a big, uh, important piece for the Broncos to address this off season. And you just need those key players to be able to make key plays when they're in position to do so. So if, if you know if you give up twenty one, twenty two points a game instead of seventeen, that's fine. I think if you're trading some of those points, like you mentioned, Phil, for another interception or a fumble recovery or you know, uh, a big fourth down stop at the end of the game, like those are okay trade-offs.
0: Yeah. Talking about, uh you know, wanting everybody back, who are the free agents? Who who, who could be uh, on their way out or uh, be being re- re-signed here?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, of the kind of top six guys, Corrine Jackson's a free agent. uh Bryce Callahan is a free agent. And um Kyle Fuller is a free agent. I would assume based on what we saw last year, that Kyle Fuller probably not be re Um uh, Kareem Jackson came back on that one-year deal after they declined his option. You know, I love Kareem. I still think he can play really well. But based on what you saw from Keenan Stearns last year, I think you might want to see him in that starting role. And so then you come to Bryce Callahan and you think, okay, well, he played really well. He did finish the season, though he missed some time, obviously, with an injury injury. Um, He's the, the guy out of those three that maybe you look at it and say, okay, well, he's a possibility to, to come back. And if not, you know, the Rockets are going to have to figure out what to do with that nickel spot. And they will need some more cornerback depth. But you still have Pastor Tane, you still have Ronald Darby, you still have Justin Simmons. Secondary's in pretty good shape, even with some of those question marks.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, it does seem like there could be a couple of changes there to the starting lineup, you know, especially with Kareem Jackson and, and Bryce Callahan there it's possible that you're talking about two new players. And I think that's why uh, you heard Justin Simmons say that it's important that everybody's on the same page. I think he said one heartbeat, Eric. Wow. One heartbeat.
1: That would be like some sort of scientific marvel,
0: right? Well, I was going to say that's normally what happens on the neutral zone. You know, we just sing, yeah. you know, and yeah.
1: we're two heartbeats become one.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Harder to do through Zoom, though. It's much more difficult. Harder to do. But, yeah, I mean, I think that for Justin Simmons, somebody who always really preaches uh, communication, that's something that he's always harping on, you know, that that sort of thing. Uh, it, there could be some changes coming on the defensive side of the ball. Um, the other thing he said that is he's confident in uh, the direction that George Payton takes the Broncos Uh, which says a lot, you know, when, when one of your star players, uh, I would assume that it's safe to say Justin Simmons is one of the Broncos star players here. Uh, When he's got that kind of faith in the general manager, I think that that's a good sign, but uh, you mentioned pass rusher there, Eric, that's probably going to be crucial for this Broncos defense. uh, If they um, end up playing games the way that they want to here, you know, where, where there's more scoring then pass rushing becomes a, Much more critical
1: here. Yeah, I I mean, no question. The the pass rush has to be better. George Payton said that. I think the term he used, Phil, that they're looking for is a mismatch type rusher, which is interesting because that's what you think Bradley Chubb is supposed to be, right? Like, that's what you hope he can be. But clearly, even if he kind of gets to that stage, they want somebody else. Um, And they're going to need that because, Phil, you think about the teams in this Super Bowl, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, but but you fear Aaron Donald. You fear Von Miller, the way he's playing right now. You fear Trey Hendrickson for the Bengals. The Broncos need one of those pass rushers that, like, opposing offenses are like, what are we going to do about that guy?
0: Yeah, well, Eric, uh, before you went out to the Super Bowl this week, you and I had this conversation in the office. and We were like, do the Broncos on the defensive side of the ball have a player that opposing offenses are really just, game planning against hey what are we going to do about this guy they they make the opposing offense change their game plan i would say maybe Sertan is on his way to doing that but uh, other than that there's not really that guy
1: yeah i mean Sertan i think is on his way um i talked to robert meese here the other day and he said normally cornerback takes a, a jump in the second year because it's one of those positions
0: who was that eric that you said you talked to
1: the Athletics, Robert Mays Oh, got it. Yeah.
0: Sorry, you just said step. it a little bit fast.
1: I just couldn't. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Robert Mays Got it from the Athletic. Yes. Uh-huh. Formerly he... of the Ringer. And what did he tell? You? Well, he, he just made the point that corner is one of those positions that normally you take a big jump year one from year two to year two, just because it's a, it's a position that's very cerebral. You got to figure out coverages. You got to figure out what wide receivers are trying to do. It's not one of those positions where you often come in and make an immediate impact. And So because Sertan had such a good rookie year, he expects a lot from him this season. So I think Sertan will fit in that category this year. And then I would say Justin fits there from the standpoint that I think offenses know if your throw, you know, is not right there. Or if you're not quite sure where you're going with the ball, this guy can come out of nowhere and pick the pass off and kind of change
0: things. Yeah, and, and I would just say it's harder to have that impact on a game plan from the safety position. You know, it's it, uh there's few safeties out there where you're really worried from a game plan perspective. But like, for example, this week I'm sure and last week the Bengals have been game planning what the heck are they gonna do about uh this pass rush from the Rams. That could be a big uh impact on this game, obviously. And so they have to adjust the way that they try to play. And I'm not sure if, I think maybe if Bradley Chubb is healthy and he's firing on all cylinders and he's like uh, able to be himself, uh, he's shown flashes of that. Well, I think the key for him is going to be to stay healthy, obviously, and then be able to do it on a consistent basis, Eric. Um, But uh, regardless of that, they need somebody on the other side of the ball. They need to be able to get it. uh, to the quarterback a little bit easier, you know, they need to be able to not have it be like a coverage sack or like they need, they just need guys who can win one-on-one battles automatically, you know, and uh, I'm just not sure, like as good as Malik Reed developed uh, into Jonathan Cooper has been playing well, Stephen Weatherly, these guys were fine players, but they're not the kind of players where, uh, you're like, we got to get a tight end over there to chip them, you know? Uh, right. it, the Broncos need somebody more like that.
1: Uh, no, I agree. You got to you gotta find somebody like that. That's one of the, the key pieces that they've got to add to this defense. Um, and listen, Justin said he's excited to see what happens with all this cap space, with all these draft picks. It's quite possible that the Broncos, you know, go out and make a splash in free agency for an a rusher, or maybe, you know, maybe they use a first round pick on one of these edge rushers or a day two pick. Uh, I mean, they're going to add somebody somehow.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of uh, the exciting things about the Broncos is that they're in a position here with the cap space, with all of their draft picks that they could really make some moves this off season, Eric. And I think that sort of leads into our uh, second uh, topic of conversation here on the neutral zone. And that is, uh, Are the Broncos in a position right now where this offseason they can make a move here or there, uh, most notably at the quarterback position, where they'll be in a position come a year from now where maybe we're talking about uh, uh, the orange and blue playing for it all?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's going to have to be a major acquisition, I think, to get there, because I think... When you get to the playoffs, so as we've seen, it's a it's a lot about quarterback play. You know, who you got have the team around you, but who can make the big plays when it matters? Um, Joe Burrow went toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes and made those plays. And so I think there are some moves you can make this offseason where the Broncos are back in the playoffs. You know, like Nathaniel Hackett can take a guy and uh, make it work and come back in the postseason. But to be in the Super Bowl, I think you're going to need to acquire someone with. Or draft somebody that shows quick potential, you know, of that kind of top end skill that's a top 10 type guy. Um, and if you do that, I, I don't see why not because there's talent around them. Obviously, there's holes you got to figure out right tackle. You got to figure out an inside linebacker. You got to shore up the secondary, the pass rush. But the better the quarterback feel, the less important those holes are and kind of the less visible you are. You know, the Bengals allowed a ton of sacks this year, their offensive line. Not played well, and yet they're in the Super Bowl because Joe Burrow has been really good.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, sort of the genesis of this thinking is trying to compare this Broncos team to the Bengals. And if you remove the quarterbacks from both teams, how do these rosters stack up? I think you could make the argument that the rest of the roster, the Broncos, may have an advantage here. Um, I think if you go down the line, I mean, Jamar Chase uh, may be better than anybody the Broncos have. But then again, he's playing with uh, Joe Burrow. So, like, it's hard to just uh, evaluate single handedly. But just a a wide-receiving core on its own, I think you can make the argument that the Broncos might be better there, tight end, offensive line, I mean, uh, on the defensive side of the ball. I think what what you notice, though, is that, like, the Bengals have like a guy that you could just trust. Like Jamar Chase is a guy, you know, uh Joe Burrow's a guy, you know, Hendrickson is a guy like, and uh maybe they have an advantage there, but just roster to roster. I think you could say the Broncos are better.
1: I mean, I think that's a good point that you bring up there of having like a guy, the Broncos have really good depth. though and I think, you know, one to 53 it's as competitive as any group but you've got to have those kind of like marquee players those guys that show up in big time games and you know Noah Fant can be that guy he's got to be that guy at the tight end position Jerry Judy Corlin Sutton can be those guys at the wide receiver position they got to show up and do it Javante Williams can be you know there's no reason Javante Williams can't be talked about the same way that a Joe Mixon is you've got to do it and then Defensive line, Draymond Jones, you know, outside linebacker, Bradley Chubb, cornerback, that's their team. Like, they they have the guys to do it. You just got to be able to actually go do it.
0: And uh, maybe to that point, having a quarterback like Joe Burrow, he sort of changes the vibe uh, at the facility, in the locker room. And maybe some of those players that you just mentioned, uh, Eric, maybe they're playing at – their, their full potential because they have the confidence that comes with playing with a guy like Joe Burrow, or maybe like uh, the um, pressure on them to, to deliver and, and the, the high standard is set by that quarterback where the Broncos really just have not had that sort of leadership at that position to really push players to fulfill their potential. Like, Say, like, if, if Cortland Sutton goes out there and runs maybe an extra couple of yards on a route that he he wasn't supposed to, nobody's, like, stopping practice and, and getting on him. Do you know what I mean? Or, or like, maybe somebody makes an error somewhere else. Who Who's the guy at uh, the Broncos that's just like, no, I'm demanding excellence? They, they don't really have that right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that... From a, you know an inspirational mental standpoint, that's certainly part of it. I, I then think, too, like you think about the Bengals against the Chiefs, they fall behind, they make some mistakes, like Eli Apple drops a game-winning interception potentially. You know, when the Broncos make those mistakes or they fall behind, they don't have the margin for error or like kind of the wiggle room from the quarterback position that allows them to get back. And so it's not just about like – Know one particular throw or anything like that, or it's about how much wiggle room does your quarterback give you, and the better they are, the more you get. And I mean, obviously, an elite quarterback I think is going to take better advantage of Portland Sutton and Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick, and you know, it's going to open up the run game. There's all sorts of kind of easy things to see, but I mean, it's just like, like you mentioned, Philip, they raise all boats kind of and, and just get those guys. To a point where they can be successful,
0: and then the other thing about the Bengals is that if you go back and look at their season a little bit, there are a couple of games there where they just got blasted, and they <laughs> did not look like they were on their way to a Super Bowl type of season here, you know. And uh, I think about the Chargers went to Cincinnati and really took care of business and handed it to them. And, and you talked to Justin about that Broncos game uh, against the Bengals. Uh, you take away the big play uh, to Boyd for the touchdown for the Bengals and uh, the mistake uh, there with the fumble near, uh, near the goal line for the Broncos. And who knows what happens in that game. So one of the special things about the NFL is that like if you're just hot and you're playing your best football at the right time, you really can make a run at the Super Bowl and beat a team that maybe is a little bit more talented than you just because you're playing your best football at that time. So if you ask me, like, uh, those things could happen for the Broncos where all of a sudden you're talking about a year from now, you're in a a completely different position. I mean, that's why every year you see teams go from worst to first uh, in their division. You you see these kind of changes. And Eric, if you ask me, there's no reason why that couldn't be the Broncos.
1: No, I, I mean, obviously, it's made more difficult from the fact that the Broncos are in a better division than the Bengals are in, in my opinion.
0: I don't, I don't know that that's... I don't know. I mean, that, the the AFC North is like a really hard, physical type of division where, you know, if you ask me to to, to win that division, gets you really prepared for the playoffs, if you ask me. I mean, yeah. you're talking about yeah. beating the Ravens, the Steelers, the the Browns. Those are some good well, teams
1: there. Yeah, I mean, the Browns fell apart a little bit toward the end of the year. The Ravens fell apart with Alomar. Pittsburgh made a late surge, but like Big Ben was not what we've kind of been used to him being. So,
0: two of the better divisions, let's just say that.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, we'll see kind of how much the Bengals are able to replicate this because you're right. It is about getting hot, but it also helps when to get hot to have that good quarterback. You know, like there's like Jimmy Garoppolo got the Niners to the NFC championship and that was great, but you know, you feel better about the Bengals' chances, I think of being able to go out and win the thing. Obviously, the Niners are not in it, but like they, the reason I think the Bengals have that edge is because of the quarterback position. The rest of the Niners roster is probably better than the Bengals roster. The Niners just have that guy.
0: Yeah. And, and if you're talking about the Bengals, you know, in their future here, uh, just because Burrow is on this rookie contract, they're going to have a little bit of a window here where they're, they're going to have to cash in. So uh, paying attention to what they do this offseason is going to be really interesting just to see if they feel like they're trying to take advantage of this rookie window here with Burrow. But, you know, talking about the Broncos, you know, with their cap space and the draft picks, they really have a lot of opportunities to make some big changes. Obviously, uh, Nathaniel Hackett is coming in and and uh, putting his own spin on the culture here in the building. And uh, obviously, we saw his energy. Uh, you were at that Nuggets game with those guys, right?
1: <laughs> I took the photograph.
0: Oh, I was going to say, I thought maybe they just cropped you out of those. Um,
1: yeah, but... I, was, I ran up to grab another... Uh... Bevy, I think. Oh, oh, got it.
0: Yeah. How many do you do?
1: You don't want to know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But obviously, things are going to be different around here for the Broncos. And, you know, uh, I just think that it seems crazy to talk about. Like, it seems like they're just really far away. But uh, a a move here or there, and you're talking about a, a wholesale change where maybe things are really different for the Broncos Even if you just think about this Bengals team, like the Cincinnati Bengals are playing for the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? Well, that's what happens when you have a guy like Burrow.
1: Well, it's all about how often can you be in the mix? You know, like who knows if they win this weekend. It would be an upset if they win. But, you know, if they're in the playoffs every year for the next six, seven, eight, nine years, you're going to give yourself a chance to be back in this situation. And you just never know when it's going to happen. I mean, most teams... You f- even when you find the guy, you're going to get one or two chances at it over the, the – you know, one or two chances at us being in the Super Bowl over yeah. the course of a decade, and you just – you hope you win one. You know, Peyton and Indy won one, went twice. Aaron Rodgers has been to one in Green Bay there just area Russell Wilson has been to two, won one. I mean, talk about some of these great quarterbacks, but well, when you're in the mix, you get there eventually. Or, you know, maybe it's early in your career. Baroque okay, win and, and never get back but it's about getting in the mix enough times and obviously Phil the better your quarterback is the more of a chance you have to be in the mix and
0: sustain sustained success I mean it's nice when you're talking about Peyton and Indy you knew every year they were going to automatically win 11 12 games right off the bat I mean when you have that kind of success uh it just changes the vibe around the building I mean the whole state of Indiana likes football now because of one guy. You know, I don't, that's not a stretch to say that, you know, I mean, that Indiana is a basketball and auto racing state. And because of one guy, now they care a lot about football. So that, that's the kind of impact you can have, uh, you know, when you're that good. Eric, let me uh, ask you one question here. Are you ready? Yeah, hit me. me. I saw this on uh, ESPN today, so I should give credit there. But it was an interesting question. If Burrow wins this thing, he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, does he surplant Patrick Mahomes as the best quarterback in the NFL? No. You don't think so?
1: No. I I think – Both Super Bowl
0: winning quarterbacks at that point.
1: Mahomes has won an MVP. Mahomes has done it at an elite level for the last – what, four seasons? I mean, well, Burrow hasn't had that
0: opportunity to do it yet. Sure.
1: Yeah, which means he could at some point supplant him. But just based on one, you know, it's great to win a Super Bowl. In the, in the grand scheme of things, it's a four-game stretch where you can get hot for a month and kind of change the trajectory of your career. Now, he might – I think he would move past, like, Josh Allen and uh, really – Maybe anybody else except for Rodgers, like he would push himself up that high. You might say, hey, he's the third best quarterback in football. But Mahomes just does things Phil, where you're like like Joe, which I know you appreciate, he's like on rhythm, he stands in the pocket, he makes these throws, you know, oh, like and use his legs, but he's not he's not scrambling around and going crazy. Mahomes just makes plays sometimes where you're like, How is it physically possible that he did that?
0: Yeah, but he also has Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. Yep. Andy Reid is calling his plays, you know, like there's an, a little bit of an advantage there. So I, it's an interesting. I, I think that uh, in our minds, like Mahomes is just like so far and away, you know, like that guy. But I think it's it might be a little bit closer than maybe people realize, you know, because Mahomes only has the one Super Bowl, like to your point there where, yeah. you know, you, you – I have a certain amount of opportunities here and if you don't cash in during that window, it might, you know, it might blow past you.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: absolutely. And like you think about Burrow and you're like, gosh, it's just his second year. He's going to be back in this position, you know, several times. You don't know that.
1: That young Marino
0: Marino might, might, uh, have something else to say about that. Yeah. I think I saw him earlier. Oh, do you want to get him on the show? Is he around? Dan, he's busy. That would be some tremendous perspective from Dia Marino. After, <laughs> you know, that would be good. That would be good. Would that bump a Justin Simmons interview? or Probably.
1: No, we could probably run the Marino next week. Yeah, run the Marino next week.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you think Eric, it's not that crazy to talk about? You think the Broncos could be in that in that spot? You know, or no?
1: Uh, I mean, it's not that hypothetical. Not- Uh, of course it's hypothetical i think that if you i think one way or another they're going to either upgrade the quarterback position to a point where they can get to the playoffs and in that case you know maybe you go on a a run you know once you're in the playoffs anything can happen and so it's not that crazy like they're not going to be super bowl favorites in that same point but you know who knows maybe you you get lucky and and win a couple games and you, you know the niners were Essentially, they had a 10-point lead, right, going into the fourth quarter. The yeah. Niners, are, are I view as, depending on what, like, if the Broncos make, like, a decent upgrade at the quarterback position, I view them as kind of like a Niners-type team next year. Mm. And if the Broncos make an elite jump at quarterback and get one of these big guys somehow, then, of course, you know, then there's no question they can be in this game.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I think that in most sports, like, the thinking is like, Get competitive, make the playoffs, and then you can and then maybe after a year or two of that, then you can get to the Super Bowl. But like the NFL doesn't really work that way. I mean when you're no. good and, no. and if you're hot, you just get there. You know, and it, and it doesn't really matter. So right. I think that like uh these teams just make drastic changes where if you're talking about a elite change at the quarterback position, all bets are off, Eric. Yep. No, I agree with you. You could book your, your flight to uh, Arizona right now, and uh, maybe or maybe not. If that's maybe, where it is. Yeah, if that's where it is. Who knows? who knows, Eric? Okay, anything else you want to talk about on that, or should we get to uh, some voicemails and an email here?
1: Let's do the voicemails. Let's do it. You want to
0: do it? Okay. Uh, our yep. first uh, voicemail here is uh, from Paul in Wisconsin. Eric, Paul in Wisconsin.
3: Hello, Phil and Eric. This is Paul calling from Waukesha, Wisconsin. I really appreciated that uh, interview with uh, Peyton because I thought it was especially enlightening when he said, pointing to the big guys coming out in the draft, to me that says they're looking at Russell Wilson and or Aaron Rodgers and they want protection. And that's something probably that Aaron Rodgers He's looking at, you know, i got a great left tackle. i got a really good left side. I want protection, and I'm thinking that the Broncos might be going early on offensive line, which I think is really exciting. So I appreciate the uh, interview there, and I look forward to more. Thanks.
0: Paul, uh, thank you very much for that uh, voicemail from uh, Watesha, uh, Wisconsin. You know who's from out there, Eric. Who's that? Quinn Miners, Quinn Miners. Ooh. Yeah. Wakesha. It would be fun to go visit. It would be fun. to visit. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, huh? Just kind of a dream of mine. To go up to Wisconsin? Yeah. I've been, You're in Los been Angeles? to a
1: football game. I've been to a football game in Madison. Yeah, they know how to do
0: it. I have. Camp Randall. Yeah, the jump around.
1: Yeah. They do know how
0: to do it. Eric, but what do you think about what he said? First of all, he appreciated your interview. So you got some fans now. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, what do you think? Did you read into George talking about it being a big guy draft? Did, did that signal to you that maybe he's identified that the O-line needs to get better, especially if they go out and get one of these big-time quarterbacks? I,
1: mean, I think regardless of if they get a quarterback, they're going to need to find an answer at right tackle. It's just been a revolving door the last few years, like 2015, 2016. I mean, they've just, they've gone through starters like crazy Phil. And so I, I do think finding a guy that can just provide some stability there and, you know, grow alongside or across from their Bowls, like that's important. Um, and I think the good news for the Broncos is, is that some of those guys who have high upside will be there on day two, I think, you know, and so, For the Broncos, if you make a big time trade and you don't have your first round pick and you don't have, you know, the second from the Rams, maybe you're still able to, to get a guy that can help and come in there. But the the plan of attack kind of changes. You know, if you get a big time quarterback and you trade a bunch of draft picks, you might have to just go big in free agency to fill some of these these needs. So, whether it's through free agency or the draft, I think with a tackle, the ideal route is the draft because. You don't have to – when tackles get to the open market, they're just so expensive. And yeah. you're really and you're really not ever getting, like, the most elite guy. It's always kind of like a guy with a little bit of a question mark. So if they can find one in the draft, that would be ideal. But I think they're going to be looking regardless of what happens to QB.
0: Yeah. Do you think that they would address that tackle position if they did, say, in a certain situation, trade away their first-round pick? maybe their first pick comes day two. Do you think that you, you reach for a tackle there or do you think that, Hey, tackle you're talking about like the top half of the first, first round.
1: No, I mean, I think some of the guys who are at the senior bowl are kind of that day two type guy, guys with potential, um, you know, kid from Northern Iowa, kid from Minnesota. There's some, I think maybe Oklahoma, like there's, there's some options there uh, that we'll get into, I'm sure, Phil. As we do some, as we get to the combine and more draft evaluation prep. But um, no, I think day two is fine. in In my like ideal world, Phil is, I, I think you attack that edge rusher position in free agency, and then you go after tackle and linebacker in the draft.
0: Yeah, I think that those that makes sense to me. But edge rusher is going to be expensive too if you go out and get a top top free agent. Yeah, there's you got
1: Jones. It'd be yeah,
0: interesting. Jones. Mm. Guys like that in the free agents, uh, free agent market, though, Eric. If you get a big time quarterback, that also changes that, too. You know what I mean? Like, then of all of a sudden people want to come play with that guy. Like,
1: right. Yeah. They they want to play. Yeah.
0: I'm sure free agents are lining up to be like, hey, we want to play in Cincy. As crazy as that sounds, it, it I mean, like, people want to play with Burrow. You even heard Odell Beckham Jr. this week talk about how cool Burrow was. You know? That's how you know.
1: Yes. That is how you know. uh, Let me give you a couple of names here just so I'm not. Just spitballing? uh, Totally. uh, Chandler Jones is the big guy. Yeah, you've got. uh, Von Miller, of course. Oh, no, sorry. I was talking more about the uh, the tackles rather than the... Uh, tackles in the draft pressure.
0: is what you're trying to talk about.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Trevor Penning is a guy from Northern Iowa. Um, he's kind of one of the main guys that people have viewed at the Senior Bowl as a, as a top prospect. So he could be like a day two option maybe.
0: There's always like somebody from like a really small school who just happens to be really good at blocking people. Yeah. Those guys have to... Those guys have to ball out at the senior bowl, though. You know, that's sort, of, you that's sort of what they have to do. Just like Quinn Miners did last year. Who's the Quinn <laughs> Miners of this year, Eric? Oh,
1: I don't know. You, you got to dive
3: in. Got to dive in.
0: Okay, let's get to our next voicemail. Our good friend, Jeff Flanagan. Uh,
3: my name is Jeff Flanagan, and I am here this evening to offer each of you a 33% ownership stake in the Denver Broncos for only $2 billion each. That's right. I'm giving you both the opportunity to have what everyone always wants, to be a third of their own boss. Bill, next time Eric, smug look and then gets on his phone during the neutral zone, you can tell him, hey, I'm going to call Jeff, or we're going to fire you. How do you like that? Eric, next time Phil wants to bench Drew Lock, you know, for, for no reason, you know, our franchise quarterback, tell him you're going to give me a call out the door. Or if for any reason you guys, you know, get tired of me, you guys can hand over your ownership stakes and just be done with the whole thing. Uh that's the kind of power we can have by forming an ownership group. So just think about
0: it. Jeff, uh, thank you very much for uh that voicemail there. Of course, uh the Broncos uh are for sale. Uh that was announced this week and uh or that was last week, I guess. Last week. Jeez. Time's flown, so I just was thinking about the math, though, there with uh, what Jeff was saying, was that if you and I each want to contribute $2 billion, then the three of us could own the Broncos. Uh, What does that mean that Jeff is uh, contributing? I
1: just think uh, that means that that Jeff is smart enough to be in control because he uh, he knows numbers. He knows what he's doing here
0: and then he said that if you and me wanted to kick him out of the ownership group that wouldn't be possible so we wouldn't do that no we would never
1: do that but we did tell tom magnetti if we put a bid together that we would consider him as a a
0: shareholder that is true maybe he could be like the uh uh president or something right it's possible yeah Yeah. Yeah. do you think think that that um, it'll be interesting if you had, like, say, in a, some kind of crazy world, you were a billionaire, do you think it'd be fun to own a, a, an NFL team? Oh, it'd be great. Of course it Like, would be is that something you would want to put your money toward?
1: Yeah. I mean, one, it's a great investment. Two, you get to fly around and, and watch football. You know, you're probably on, like, a private plane. You've got your own entrance. You see the owner's entrances at some of these stadiums where are at, Phil. Like, you just drive your car, like, into the locker room, basically. Yeah. It's just- awesome. It is pretty. You, 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 watch, you watch a game from like a nice suite. I mean, it'd be it'd be fun. Yeah, of course that would be great.
0: It's but it's sort of like uh, those guys live that kind of life anyway. But if you are a sports fan and you have that kind of money, like that is sort of the perfect situation because then you it comes with a little bit of a clout. You know what I mean? Like right. Jerry Jones has that helicopter pad, you know, at the star. I mean, you know, thing, yeah. you you start doing things like that where everybody's like uh, noticing, and you kind of have to be sort of a fa- like a fan like that where you're like, I get to be like in the locker room, or you know, like you kind of have to have some sort of like that childhood, you know, kind of right. You don't just do it to just like put your money towards it, right? Of course, that that uh, is kind of an interesting, yeah. It's a fun way fun way to spend your money if you have that kind of money i guess huh oh yeah eric uh, and then the last thing i wanted to get to uh here was uh an email from uh our good friend andy Maines.
1: oh andy what's going on yes
0: uh he says what's up fellas andrew from connecticut again uh he's chiming in about the quarterback situation he says uh I don't think we necessarily need an Aaron Rodgers to be a playoff team. We just need a top five to six quarterback, no matter what it takes. We have a really good team all around weakest link is at the quarterback position. Uh, and he's, he says, this is, uh, in particular note because you won't be able to hold this roster together for too many years. So, uh, he kind of goes on to say like, uh, gosh, wouldn't it be just great if uh, Drew Locke could sort of figure it out and go out there and be the guy? But uh, he doesn't really see that happening right now. So um, he just says, you know, maybe you don't necessarily need to go out and get that top guy. Obviously, there's a lot of reports about Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson making a big trade like that. But he says maybe you could get somebody else and still be in a really good spot. What do you think?
1: Yeah, a lot there. Thanks for the email, Andy. Um, I think, well, let's start with Drew. I, I think the problem with going that route is that, like you mentioned, the roster is ready to win. You can't hold it together for that long. So I think you need somebody that can step in and make an impact unless you're going to go the rookie route and kind of commit to developing that guy, giving him some some time to work things out. But you don't, you don't want to just waste a year of like, maybe this will work, maybe it won't. It's time to go. I'll say the other thing with Go that in time. terms of... De- Go time. Go Exactly. The, the, the thing with developing the roster and, and keeping it in place after these contracts is that you really become dependent upon your ability to draft. And we know that George Payton did a great job his first draft. We know how much of an uh, emphasis he placed on that, how much he wants to build through the draft. And so I think, you know, it's a good problem to have, Phil, so if your players are good enough that they need second contracts and you can't afford some of them it's a good problem to have, which might seem counterintuitive. But I think that George has shown that he's the type of guy that can keep draft and keep leading you to have a successful roster. Because that that's the key for like a team like the Chiefs that has extended all these players, you gotta put good young draft picks around them to make things work. And then the last thing in terms of oh sorry, you wanna chime? I was in? gonna
0: say, well, what do you think about the the notion that you won't be able to keep this roster together for very long? It does seem like the Broncos have been able to Tie up some of these guys, you know, like a Corlin Sutton. They didn't even let him get to the free agent market. Uh, Tim Patrick, they're, they're able to lock those two guys down. Uh, like, is there anybody who's coming up where you're just nervous about them leaving that it would just be a huge blow to the roster?
1: No, I mean, not right now, but you're going to get to the point where, you know, you're going to make a decision on Bradley Chubb. Like, if he has a nice bounce back year, you got to make a decision on him. Um, you know, you're going to get to the point where, Jerry Judy at some point, you're going to have to address his deal. I know we're still, we're still a ways away from that, but the Broncos haven't had to deal with that issue because having, they've kind of missed on some of these picks in the past. Now that they're seemingly starting to hit, you're going to have those decisions at some point. I don't, I don't think it's an issue for this year, for next year. You know, That's a three or four year down the line type of problem. But I'm just saying that you have George Payton because of his, because of his value and his ability to draft. To reload. I think he yeah, I think he'll be able to do that. Okay. Uh, in terms of the quarterback conversation, I don't disagree that like a top eight guy would get it done. It's just that it seems like Phil this year, it's either, you know, somehow get one of those top two or three guys, or you know, maybe you're looking more at like fifteen. You know, it's it's not like a bunch of these guys are available. And so you know, you either pay the price to get one of those guys if they're even available or you, I don't want to say settle, but you, you go with someone who's a little bit lower. It's not like we're going to the, uh, the old market and we're like, Hey, I want to, I want a quarterback, you know, like, yes, you guys are going to just take what you can get.
0: It, it is interesting about like the timing and the luck that is involved in some of these things and just sort of where your organization is like for, for example, the Bengals fell into Joe Burrow or like uh, Jacksonville fell into Trevor Lawrence and those things just sort of just uh, fell into their lap. On the other side of that situation though like the Rams they were like we need to get better at the quarterback position and they went out and made a trade for Matthew Stafford. So like uh, those are two teams that went about it in different ways. For the Broncos this year it doesn't seem like there is that quarterback that's worth like moving from nine all the way up to like a top three pick, you know, like the 49ers did last year. It doesn't seem like there's that guy in this year's draft, Uh, who knows, but uh, it doesn't seem like there's that guy. And then uh, you talk about either a free agency or trade market while the trade market, it is those top, top guys. Uh, I think that that's where you probably are looking first and then, uh, then you maybe if that's not an option then you got to work your way back from that but it sort of seems like that's what you're looking yeah. at
1: here you're not going to that trade market and saying you know hey we'd, we'd really like this guy like right in the middle because yeah, he's, he's going to the- cost a little bit less capital like you don't get to no. choose that like it's yeah. just who could be available you know you know if, if kyler murray becomes available for some reason if, if his instagram isn't a big deal, then maybe that's something that's kind of like a more reasonable deal. But I, I think it was John Elway, Phil, who said quarterbacks don't grow on trees. And then he was like, I've been shaking the tree to see if one will fall out. But it is not a situation where you get to just kind of like choose exactly who you want. It doesn't work like that. And so the Broncos question will be, you know, three options. You try to land a huge name and, and spend a lot of capital. Do you go kind of like the medium route or do you go the draft route? I and mean, you you weigh the pros and cons of each and the cost, and then you go from there.
0: Eric, if they don't do any of those things, that is gonna be a tough that would be a tough sell to Broncos country, huh?
1: I mean it would be. I, I think you'd have to really have a plan with Nathaniel Hackett and say, hey, here's how he's gonna get the best out of you know Drew Locke if it's him. Yeah, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. If they bring Teddy back, and then say, and you wouldn't have to have this conversation until after the draft, obviously, but the the conversation might be, hey, we didn't we didn't believe that any of these guys were ready to, or we weren't ready to commit to any of these guys and try again next year. But that's yeah, it's that would be a tough sell for a team. Easier for the Buccaneers, right, Phil, to do something like that and say, hey, we're not going to bring in a, a big name. We're going to ride with Kyle Trask for one year. Easier for them to do that after winning the Super Bowl than it is for the Broncos.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean, like sort of by luck, you know, like if the Broncos maybe were really looking for a quarterback, say like next year, and then there is maybe more of those franchise guys as an option, uh, right. like right off the bat, then maybe you're in a position where there's not just um, limited routes and then you could be like, okay, we've got some options here. But uh, right. it just so happens to be that the Broncos are looking for a quarterback, it seems like. Uh, During a year where there's not that obvious couple of guys at the very top of the draft. Who knows one of these guys may turn into that or maybe, uh, you know, the Broncos really fall in love with one of these guys but just from a national perspective of the drafts at this point doesn't appear like there's that guy so. Well, thank you, uh, everybody, for sending in your emails. Uh, Andy, thank you very much for your email there. And uh, also Paul and Jeff Flanagan for uh, leaving some voicemails. Eric, if people want to get involved in the show, how do they do that?
1: Yeah, a few ways. So you can leave an email at show at gmail.com. You can leave a voicemail at 707-NEUTRAL. You can follow us on Twitter at Eric DiLala with an A. and Milani. Uh-huh with a ph
0: how well how would you like describe those types of spellings kind of non-traditional i would say yeah and then if uh, somebody's watching on youtube is there something they can do if they want they're like we like this we'd want to do it, we want to watch this every week you know what is
1: you bet you could smash that subscribe button i mean that could be a really nice option bro.
0: you know what would be nice is if people congratulated us on our 200th episode <laughs> yeah happy for us send in some send in like some selfie videos and i'll retweet them the broncos podcast network can retweet them just it's our 200th episode i mean it feels like celebrating it's a big deal please send in some celebration videos how do you watch the neutrals how do you listen i want to see the celebration videos you gotta tell us uh eric it's our favorite time of the show shout outs and then we'll wrap this thing up you got a yeah. shot.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll do some shout outs here. Uh, Justin Simmons, Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee for the Broncos. As we're recording this, we've not yet found out who's the winner, but either way, uh, Justin's third time in a row being nominated. Very impressive.
0: Did you say seventh time in a row? Is that what you said? Seventh? Third, third time. In a third, row. third time. Sorry. Could, could
1: get to seventh eventually, but we'll, could see, get to you know, we'll have to see. Uh, and shout out to Andrew Beck, who was the National Salute to Service Award winner.
0: He, well, already won, uh, had, he already he won. He already won that. He got he that won. locked up. They,
1: yeah, they announced that already.
0: Yeah. But what so do you think needs. about uh, uh, Mr. Beck's flow? I mean, that. Oh, it's tremendous. It, it is Do t- oh, you
1: great. think that you can pull off for everybody?
0: That but no, no, I don't think so. Not at
1: all. But Beck, Beck makes it work.
0: Because th- you know, this show we do care about hair a lot, and just like I think that. Like, I just didn't see anybody commenting on the flow. And it's just sort of like, uh, hello. Look at that thing. It's important. It is important. It's tremendous. Yeah, those are some good shout outs. So I should not mention the shout out of Liz Geralds. You know, she, she goes above and beyond to make those things happen. You don't She's just out wake here LA, up and so. make it happen.
1: She's in LA. She is? Yeah. NFL
0: honors. This is, I thought you were going to like, the camera was going to zoom out and be like Collinsworth slide in. Boom. Yeah. No,
1: I, I, should have, I should have got that. Should have got that.
0: Gosh, that would have been nice. Yeah. That could have been a nice surprise. You yeah. would have been like 200th episode. Boom. Liz Gerald's the famous Liz Next, Gerald's right here. We got here. this
1: guy though. We got this, this guy.
0: Uh-huh. I, don't know that is. I saw, I saw somebody behind you. It said, uh, a certain type of alcohol goes beast mode. <laughs>
1: That's not family friendly.
0: I thought you were going to walk around with like a Breckenridge sweatshirt. So Breckenridge Brewery Brewery uh, goes beast mode. Farmhouse, yeah, <laughs> I should. The, f- the farm. The farmhouse is a farm home. You know, something like that. Exactly. We got to get some slogans. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, we do. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for uh, this episode. I do believe that next week we'll be back in person, I think. I think so, Phil. We're ready to do it. I've missed you. ready to be back. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Is everything okay there? (laughs) The party is just getting started. Oh, they're setting up for the party, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, uh, Eric, nice work out there getting yet another exclusive interview with Justin with a a, a major member of the Broncos uh, community here. And that's Justin Simmons this time. So that was, how did you find him there? I learned from the best. You know, I just, I'm always around.
1: Stock, you stock him. You buzz, just, you buzz enough. Uh You buzz in the right place.
0: Yeah. Uh, What do you think is happening here? Like with your desk? Because normally you sleep at your desk, right? So like- Yeah,
1: I put put up the do not disturb uh, sign that I have there. And I just hope people are being respectful. You think all your stuff is safe, or no? Yeah, all my stuff.
0: I could check your mail if you want. Just, uh, That'd be great. That'd
1: be a great. Idea. Okay. So,
0: all right. Well, we'll we'll be back next week, and maybe we could celebrate properly. It'll be episode number two hundred one, the start of a uh, of a new a fresh be beginning venture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, looking forward to another exciting one hundred episodes. So, until then, for Eric Law, I'm Phil Malani. You've been listening to the The neutrals.
1: neutrals,